Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 10. The title of this study is, We Are His Workmanship. Here's the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. Unfortunately, what we see is we, we, we have a, um, a sin problem, even within the church. Even within the church. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any, any affection and mercy, <clears throat> fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. We are to be like-minded. Like-minded in who? Jesus Christ. We are to have the same love and be under the same accord. We are the image of God and we are to be in unity. And that's my prayer, you know, at, at Calvary Chapel Divine is that we are being built together, that we would be a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And that anybody who's a sinner can walk through those doors and feel loved and be welcomed. Because it's the same, same Savior that saved you. And, it, and it's by the grace of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. That's, that's again, you know, it's that constant breaking and reshaping and what God is trying to do is He's trying to draw us together, but He's also trying to work on you individually. So when somebody comes here to the church and they're a brand new believer, don't expect them to, to have it all figured out. That's where a lot of mature Christians push people away. Because you think there's what well, you gave your life to Christ yesterday, everything should be good today. It's not. That's what discipleship is for. And we have to remember that. We are to have the, the same mind. And, and, and again, you know, even when it comes to understanding that the church is not even a building. When we come to worship, we come to worship who? God. We can be in a quirky little BFW and still worship Jesus Christ. You can be in the parking lot and worship Jesus Christ. You can be in your home and home, have a home church and still be worshiping Jesus Christ. It's not the building. It's not. It's the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ. We come together to worship. We forget that. There's always that one 
you know, video I've seen where they, I don't know if it was in the Philippines or where they're at, but they're sitting in church and they're up to water, up to their knees. But they're in church worshiping God. And somehow, I don't know how they did it, but the keyboard player has this cord hanging out from top so he don't get electrocuted. <laughs> but he's still playing in worship. And we complain about buildings. We're, we're spoiled. Our second point is works versus good works. So we're created for good works. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Right? So you've got to remember, who do you belong to? Jesus Christ. That word created means he's creating something that's never existed before. Okay? Like, like Jesus says, you're a new creation in Christ. And, and he's creating something new. You shouldn't look like the old you. If there is, maybe you've, you know, jump back into verses 2 and 3 for a little bit. Maybe you dipped your foot in the pond or something. But understanding, like when we read this, is that, we're, that he's reminding the church of Ephesus that, hey, you're created in Christ Jesus. You're a new creation. They had the temple of Artemis and they were practicing magic. They were actually believed that they could call on spirits to do the bidding that they needed to do. They had books to do it. And they're doing this on TikTok now. You want to learn how to cast spells? Don't do it. Because you're asking for something to come into your life that you don't want. But they're doing it on, on TikTok. They'll teach you how to become a witch, how to, how to cast spells. But I love it. At the end of the day, it's, it's a reminder that, look, you don't belong to that world anymore. And Paul, that's why he went over that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. And which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now walks in the sons of disobedience. And so Paul, you know, as he writes that, they were demonic. They were worshiping false gods. They were actually, they had books of demonic spells. And these are the Gentiles that are now becoming Christians. They're becoming followers of Christ. But I love what happens in Acts chapter 19. In Acts chapter 19, verses 17, it says, This became known both to all the Jews and the Greek dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magics brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. When you actually become a new creation in Christ, the word of the Lord should grow. It should prevail. People should say, man, I don't know what happened to him or her. But something's different. It's God. It's God. But I love that the word grew and God prevailed. And, it, and, it, and it's understanding why did the word of God grow and prevail? They started throwing out all their junk. Okay? This is important. Because what happens with people is they'll, 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 they'll come to church. You know, it's funny because we had a, we had a pretty packed church last week. And then after Easter, I've done my Easter thing, right? And that happens. And, and, but what happens is we have this, our appetites for the things of God start to, we get filled up with the, the junk food of the world, so to say. 
Instead of seeking the, the bone and the marrow of God's word, you're wanting the Twinkies. And if anybody's ever told you Twinkies have no substance of value at all, they don't do anything for you besides give you diabetes if you eat a lot of them, right? But that's how we get with the things of this world. As we start filling our appetites with the junk food of this world and we start having distance in the word of God, we start having distance in our prayer time. We even have distance in our fellowship. And what happens is with that distance, it's easier for us to start drifting away from the Lord. And so what I love about this is they, they actually took and all the things that define them as demonic, these books, these valuable pieces of silver, and they burned them. They burned them to the point it killed the economy. And little, if you read a little bit further down in Acts chapter 19, you see one of the, the uh, businessmen wanting to take Paul and have them arrested because they were losing money. People weren't buying false gods anymore. And so the business owners started losing money. And that's what happens when the Word of God gets a hold of somebody and, and our group of people, their appetite for the things of God is what drives them. And it should be the same thing for us. So what junk food do you have in your life of this world that you need to get rid of? Are you spending too much time on the phone? Are you spending hours vegging out in front of the TV? Watching things that you know you're not supposed to be watching. That, are, that don't bring any spiritual growth in you at all. I've seen more Christians get so excited to see John Wick 4. And I'm like, Really? I'm like, really? Like, what are you feeding you? How many times can you see the guy kill somebody 15 different ways? It's like they got to come up with new ways. It's, it's, it is what it is. But the reality of it is, is if you keep feeding yourself that, what happens is the things of God start to get pushed back. And we, we fill up on the, the junk food of this world. Kids are filling up with the junk food of TikTok. That's all, they spend all their time on their phones. You can't even get their head. The reason why they have a hard time communicating is because they, they have lived their lives with a device. It's crazy because we, we see it in the high schools. The kids don't know how to talk to each other, to engage each other face-to-face. -face. Something that we did. You wanted to ask somebody out, you had to do that face-to-face, -face, bro. You weren't no text. You had to, like, you're going to get humiliated in front of everybody in, in school. That's just how it is. But you have, to, you have to step out in faith, man. It's like you have to be face-to-face. -face. You need to be around other believers. You need to be around people that are going to build you up, not tear you down. That's the thing. We start hanging around with, with the, the old things of the world, and next thing you know, you're dipping your toe back into verses 2 and 3. You're becoming that child of wrath again, or that son or daughter of disobedience. Because you're, you're going back to the old things. You're going back to the old you. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, it says, For he himself is our peace, who, made, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished his flesh, the enmity, uh, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinance, so that as to create himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body 
through the cross, therefore putting to, uh, putting to death enmity, the enmity. And so I love that. What he did is he broke down the wall and he's saying, look, all that old stuff, you're done. You're now a follower of Christ. And the two become one. You're one-minded, one love, one accord, right? And, and, he, and he tells us that you, you are reconciled. You're reconciled by what? Faith in Christ alone. Nothing that you did that, that you earned it. And he draws these two ethnic groups that would have been polar opposite together. That's what Jesus does. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which the temple you are. All of us together are the temple. We're the church. We worship God. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. And, and the thing is, is to remember, like, we are created and prepared for good works, but to understand that when you step out to do God's work, you will be hated. When you step out and tell somebody, I am a Christian, there are going to be people that come against you. In John 15, verses 18 through 19, it says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because of you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. This is why one of the things that really broke my heart this past week is to see uh, Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you attend that church and you're hearing this, you need to run from that church. The apostasy that's being taught from the pulpit, the, the my God, I, I don't know what is going on. We had plays that were put together for Easter service. We had one that was done with Disney with Beauty and the Beast, and Bell was crucified. Go figure that. Who's the pastor of that church? And then with Transformation Church, it looked like the Grammys. And they had a woman being crucified. They had girls up on the stage twerking. On a Sunday service. And the pastor tells you at the beginning of the service, we're going to get as close to the line of sin as I can take you. I don't want to be in that church. Because I don't know if he knows where the line is. Now if you want to do that as a, as a production outside the church to try to reach the unbeliever, then do that. But don't do it on a Sunday service. Because what we're saying is, is when, we, when we do these type of things, we're saying that the Word of God is not enough. The resurrection story within itself, it is not the pastors or the worship that, that draws people to Christ. It's God's Word that transforms lives. That's it. You don't need me up here. You just need somebody teaching the Word of God, doing it biblically. And that's what happens as we start following pastors. Or we start following, oh, I only like this worship leader. And that's what starts happening. And sadly, you know, I don't try to knock that person, but that's the, the, the largest growing church in the United States right now. They're telling you that uh, you can commit adultery here, which is lust, which is a sin. But that's not a sin. But that's what they're teaching. There's all, oh my Lord. It's sad. But see, what we have to be very careful with as Christians is that we don't become apathetic to the things of this world that go against God's Word. Okay? What do I mean by apathetic? That means that you start to wean from the Word of God 
and start to adapt to the culture. For some reason, the new progressive Christianity believes that they figured out something that the Apostle Paul never figured out, that Jesus never figured out. Like they have a new revelation that it's okay to be gay, that it's okay to be trans, that abortions are all right, that we worship creation and not the creator, that we somehow missed it, that Jesus missed it, that the Apostle Paul missed it, that the disciples missed it, that the old prophets missed it. We have a new revelation. We cannot be apathetic to the things that go against God's word. And trust me, I, man, every time I can, I have, I have nieces that are, 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 have chosen this lifestyle. And we love them. We talk with them. We, and when we get a chance that they ask us to pray for them, we pray for them. If they ask me a question about the Bible, I answer it. I invite them to church. But it's the reality of like when I'm teaching from the pulpit, I can't be apathetic to those things that go against God's word. We can't. We just can't. And, and that's what's happening right now in the pulpits. That's why you see a great apostasy that's happening in, in, in the United States right now. It's because of that. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1-4, through 4, it says, The elders who are among you, I exhort, I, am, uh, I, who am, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd of the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those who uh, those entrusted to you, but examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Who is the chief shepherd? That's Jesus Christ. I'm the under shepherd. I'm in charge of the sheep that God has given me. And guess what? If I get apathetic, because there is a church in this town that has accepted this. They, they're going to go ahead and accept the LGBTQ thing for their church. They voted on it. Or they're getting ready to vote on it, but the pastor's already kind of... And, and this stuff is happening. And you go, but we're in a small town. Things happen in a small town too. People, I don't know what people are crazy. Right? Things happen in a small town. Not on the scale of a big city, but they happen. And so for me, you know, when it comes to the Word of God, when it comes to understanding what God has placed before me to do, it's, it's, it's I cannot be apathetic and lead my sheep astray. I won't do it. If I start having those thoughts, I need to walk away from the pulpit. Because it goes directly against what God's Word says. And so what we see here, when we look at, at, at the, the, the Christians of Ephesus, they, they let go of all of that stuff and follow Jesus wholeheartedly. And that's how we should be. The things that are in the Bible, they're there for us to guide us and direct us and help us. That we're supposed to apply in our lives. And, and, and I, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's like the, the, the division that we've seen even in the church. Like, God has not called you to be a Republican Christian. You're a follower of Christ. That's it. He's not called you to be a Democratic Christian. You're a follower of Christ. You vote however you vote, but you better vote based upon what the Word of God says. That's, that's the reality of it. We are to be one. We are to be one in His truth and one in His word. 
and one in Jesus Christ. Because if we're going to do the work that He's prepared beforehand, we need to do it knowing the Word of God. Every one of you have been given a ministry. When he talks about the good works, he's talking about 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 18. He says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. You have all been given the ministry of reconciliation. Every one of us are ambassadors of Christ to go out and let people know, hey, you know what? Uh, God won. The war is over. It's time for you to surrender. What do you mean surrender? You have to understand that, that, that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave. He broke the bondage of sin. And in order for you to have not to be separated from the Holy God, in order for you to have eternity and have your sins forgiven, you need to follow Him. That is the ministry of reconciliation, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to love your neighbors as yourself. There are simple things that we are all supposed to do as Christians that we're not doing. We've all been given that. The message of reconciliation, it's the ministry of reconciliation. It's, it's understanding we don't reject God's Word. We don't become apathetic to the things that go against God. We are His creation. We are a new creation. We are His workmanship. And you were bought at a price. You need to remember that. At 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20, it says, For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In Ephesians chapter 64, verse 8, it says, But now, O Lord, you are... Our Father, we are the clay, and you are a potter, and all we are the work of your hands. So what is the difference between good works that have been prepared for you and the works of the flesh? Well, he kind of talked about it in verse 9. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Right? Those are the, just the works. Those are the works where I want to be seen. Well, guess what? You got your, your crown was here on earth. If that's you. Like I'm here to, to have, like, man, look at me. But that's, you've been given your crown. Don't expect it when you get to heaven. You're doing it without recognition. The works of the flesh are, are motivated by the flesh. They're, they're works to boast in front of people. And, and you're going to, now this is for the unbeliever, because this is the works we're talking about, is you're going to try to pass them off to God as good works. That's the difference between works and good works. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 and 23, it says, On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? There's the word works. But listen to what Jesus tells them. Verse 23, And then I will declare to, you, to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So Jesus acknowledges that they worked, <laughs> but it was for lawlessness. You're going to try to give me these things saying they can pay your way into heaven. So when we're motivated by self, when we're motivated by the flesh, those are just works. But when you do good works, it's a place of humility. It's being led by the Holy Spirit. You're doing it because you want to serve God. You love God, you glorify God, and you're doing it because you have a thankful heart, because you know God personally. 
In Romans chapter 9, verse 23, it says, And that he might uh, make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had prepared beforehand for glory. When, uh, when we all do good works, it stirs up the love for more good works. I can tell you, we're going to go do these events, and you know what's going to happen? People are going to catch on fire. And just like the, the Ephesians that went and started burning books up, people are going to catch on fire for God. And it's going to start stirring up the Christians to do good works, to, to, want, to, to want to serve and, and serve God in love. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. When you see somebody, if you're upset, I can't believe they got to do that. You got the wrong heart. Well, how come they figured that out? We've been trying to figure that out for, we've been trying to figure that soundboard out since we've been here. It is what it is. We tried. And yet God, God, look, we have sound. Praise God. Like we still have sound. Tony and Court and Floor, they all adapted. And God, God provided. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 